the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money invested and more. The headlines today are not exactly warming, heartwarming. They stink. The death toll is rising in violent protests around the country to George Floyd's death, among some other African-Americans in the United States who have um, been shot or disappeared. Black Lives Matter is front and center. Um, This time around, it seems like more celebrity athletes are taking part in it. Um, There are some crazy moments. Trump in a Bible pose in front of a church after just basically firing tear gas and rubber bullets at American citizens, telling them to disperse. And that's just a weird image to me. Four St. Louis officers were shot last night during violent protests. And for the life of me, that makes no sense. Uh, Police officers, teachers, firefighters, the social workers who protect and serve and take care of our children. Like I, I don't get it. Like, how can anyone ever take it out on them? I think it's pretty obvious where it should be taken out on. Um, and that's the elections, but it is what it is out there. So there's some dark and dirty headlines today, right? There's rumors that a white nationalist group posed as Antifa, which president Trump has called a terrorist group. Um, trying to basically like the old movie cliche, have the bad guys dress up as the good guys commit crimes. And it looks like the good guys committed the crimes or the good guys dress up like, Whoa, this can't be right. This is Hollywood script stuff. There's news out of Reuters today. Please note the source Reuters. China withheld key information about the coronavirus for weeks after it first emerged in January delaying the international response. Chinese officials failed to share the genetic map or genome of the virus for over a week after first decoding it and failed to reveal that the virus could be transmitted between humans for at least two more weeks. Um, I don't care about that. I know some of you do. Um, I the Cat's already out of the bag. I'm trying to figure out how to put cat in bag. Not how did that clever cat get out of the bag. Um, I try to get you focused on investing. Today, I've talked about Sturm Ruger. Stock is heating up in large part because gun permit um, checks have been spiking after recent protests. Maybe a weakening of President Trump in the polls and some gun-loving Americans thinking like, hey, if this president gets kicked out and we get a new one, maybe they'll make tougher gun laws. Um, it did not take long for Trudeau in Canada, after the biggest mass shooting in Canada two or three months ago, for him to ban assault rifles. Boom, done. 
I don't even think he checked with his uh, parliament. It was just done. So I get why people are rushing to get guns. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Kylie Jenner's first Calabasas home hits the market. Oh, I'm not going to say anything like, man, I wish COVID would take out certain parts of the market. But the parts of the market I wish COVID would take out is the news relating to the Kardashians. We don't need that as a society. Their first home is for sale. It's like, oh, it's a distraction. I must have it. <clears throat> no. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Strange times. Um, and it's something that I'm feeling a little more comfortable with. I think Wall Street is, too. You're seeing the markets hold up. Um, you're seeing the NASDAQ up 7% for the year. Today, we started higher, but we've gone lower. I work in television. I haven't been to the television station in a good while because of COVID. They're trying to limit the number of people there. And they deem COVID health concerns higher than stock concerns. So they're like, hey, you stay home for a little bit. Same thing with wildfires. Same thing with like the news kind of differentiates what we see and don't. So I'm not knocking them. I think it's, it's fine. I, it's their TV station, so they can put on what they want. But I throw that out there because I think today is one of those days where they say, Rob, you don't need to come in. There's writing in San Francisco, Oakland, major cities where there's a lot of population density, a lot of job density, um, which brings in, for the protesters, the COVID stay-at-home is kind of shut down. Will we see a spike? Questions are running out there, right? Carrier, who does air conditioners, they've had their CEO tinkering a little bit since COVID started with a messaging. There was one story out of China a couple weeks ago that one restaurant infected every single patron. Now, I could be bastardizing that story ever so slightly. But in one apartment, the air was so contaminated, it went up seven floors. So I like seeing stories like a carrier saying, hey, we're going to make better product that you know, can stop this kind of thing. Whether it's true or not, I like, the, I like at least they're trying. Camping has seen a surge in interest during the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, what are you going to do this summer? Summer started last week for some schools in California. It's going to end this Friday for other schools. Some people have been out longer. But are you going to get in an RV and camp, or are you going to get in a plane and fly? RV sales are doing well. It's bizarre, isn't it? Um, stimulus checks. That would be another round of economic positivity uh, short term that will probably lead to inflation. That's economic bad long term. Uh, but... We're also starting to learn that a lot of Americans are making more money on unemployment and extended unemployment than they would be if they were at work. So, like, why go back to work is the thought. Send me a check. I'll be cool. doesn't quite work like that forever. But um, Americans are still wondering if a second round of stimulus checks are coming or not. And that's going to be decided in this month. June just started. So we're going to get the employment report on Friday. We're going to start seeing some like data get through there. But with 40 million Americans losing their job, and I did a crap job last Thursday. I don't know why I didn't add up all the job losses. But 40 million now since in 10 weeks. 
the 2.2 trillion dollar CARES Act provided Americans who have lost their jobs with an additional $600 a week until the end of July. Getting America back to work would be good fiscally for the government, but we still have a, a government that spends more money than they take in, and that's not going to change anytime soon. Uh, maybe we need a pandemic to thin the ranks of anyone who's getting a government check, whether you're disabled or any. Nope, that's not going to happen anytime soon. So we're going to continue to run higher deficits um, until another leader gets in and says, let's do higher taxes. We're still going to continue to run higher deficits. I'm kind of comfortable saying the phrase, we're going to have higher deficits in my lifetime. I'm almost happy that I don't get to live for a thousand years and see the, the damage, but we keep kicking the can down the road. I'm okay with that. I've accepted it. It used to make me angry, but now I just play within the system. Um, you see the markets open stronger, but become weaker as they goes on. We as a nation may be watching the protests live on television today, more so than focusing on investing in real time. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show, newfocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Yippee-ki-yay. I'm the Financial Cowboy. You're listening to the Financial Cowboy and Your Money. Okay, if for one second that made you smile, even just a skosh at how stupid it is, I'm happy. I'm not really a cowboy. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Although that could be a fun podcast character of mine. Hey, everybody, I'm the financial cowboy. (laughs) There is a character in my head that I've gone back to numerous times called Evil Rob Black. And Evil Rob Black just basically barely got out of college. And he was the kind of guy that would go to 7-Eleven on a Friday night and get a six-pack of really bad beer. I think Milwaukee's best or something that might blind you if you drink two of them. But Evil Rob Black would go to your house and drink your, your Heinekens or your nice beers. But he would only provide you with really, really cheap, awful stuff. National Bohemian is probably the worst beer I've ever had in my life. I know you're saying this isn't a show about beer, but it is a show about financial decisions. And evil Rob Black saved money by buying lower quality product and passing it off to his friends that didn't have a a very expensive palate per se. Um, I know you're saying, I don't know if today's the day to be evil Rob Black. You should be talking about... Uh, military helicopters used to disperse protesters. It's just a weird sight in America. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's almost something out of a movie. Violent clashes between police and the public escalate. Gun sales rising in America. I wish that weren't the case. But I'm not going to fight it either. I'm going to tell you that's what's out there. Jim Cramer said this morning on CNBC. He thinks the market has no conscience, and he's kind of right. That a young generation that invests with their hearts as well as their heads, I share that sentiment for the most part. People stick to picking stocks primarily to make money. And they're not thinking a lot of stay-at-home. They're not thinking a lot of protesters, but the younger generation are. I find it interesting that Nike, who's seen their stores looted, comes out with very peaceful and very loving messages and very understanding. 
I, in the weird, sick part of my head, I'm like, is this a marketing opportunity for Nike? But that's what happens when you're me, who looks at everything with a financial lens. I'm not socially very smart. I look at Stitch Fix saying that they're going to lay off 1,400 employees in California and relocate them to lower-cost cities around the United States, primarily Texas, was heavily mentioned, as was Minneapolis. Both areas of the country that were mentioned before COVID, before protests, as cheaper parts of the country. Civil rights leaders saying they're disappointed and stunned after a call with Facebook's Mark Zuckerberg. There are flat-out angry employees, worker unrest, rising with a walkout criticism of the CEO. Now, when you throw in the employees, and Google's had a problem, too. I think that's fair to say. Like, Google, they make a lot of mapping technology that the United States government and the U.S. military use in order to, to kill people. They have the mapping technology to show, like, oh, take a look at this you know, area. This is where a lot of people are gathering. Google employees, they, they once had a phrase that was their corporate phrase called do no evil. And that quietly went away in the last five years. Employees have been shocked and appalled to the point that in California, we have a conscience, a social conscience, and it beats really loud uh, until it hits our checkbook and then we turn our head. But civil rights leader said Mark Zuckerberg gave incomprehensible explanations for not taking action against President Trump's looting and shooting post. In a post on Friday, Twitter and Facebook, Trump addressed protests over the killing of George Floyd while in police custody, saying any difficulty and we will assume control. But when the looting starts, the shooting starts. I think the shocking thing that America really has problems processing is the phrase he was in police custody. I think we all get the idea of, you know, movies where someone turns into a zombie and runs at a cop and the cop pulls his gun out and shoots the zombie dead. That was quick thinking. But when you're in police control, you assume that doesn't happen or it shouldn't happen. If the word is in control. Employees shared on Twitter that they were ashamed and upset by their employer's decision to leave Trump's post untouched. So Facebook employees were going to Twitter to say, we're ashamed of our CEO. I think I may be wrong in this one. I'm going to say the odds are at 50-50. But Zuckerberg has to go sooner than later. Um, there's been too much government you know, privacy invasions, hacking, too much control over billions of people on the planet. And then you throw in this... And I think the employees are going to start revolting. How long does it last, paycheck to paycheck? I don't know. But Color of Change, Leadership Conference, Civil and Human Rights, and the NAACP Legal Defense and Educational Fund all released statements saying they had a call with Zuckerberg and CEO Sheryl Sandberg saying stunned by incomprehensible explanations for allowing the Trump post to remain up. Further quotes were things along the lines of, he did not demonstrate understanding of historic or modern-day voter suppression, and he refuses to acknowledge how Facebook is facilitating Trump's call for violence against protesters. I don't know. I'm not socially smart enough if you use a helicopter to disperse a crowd. Is that your way of saying that crowd better not vote on Election Day, otherwise a helicopter will be following you? I don't know. I'm not that smart. And I'm not hiding behind that. I just, I've never developed that skill set. 
But hundreds of Facebook employees took part in a virtual walkout in a rare show of opposition within the company. I told you that one of my neighbors had an embarrassing post on Facebook where he's basically saying, you know, yeah, Zuckerberg, you know, he's not perfect, but he tends to get it right the second time around. And he, he, he truly listens like no one's ever. It's weird. I think he has to go. Yes, no, or is he? He's got the voting shares. When they came public, they didn't really sell to the public. They sold profits to the company, but not ownership in the company. You can't go in and fire him. That's kind of wonky and kind of weird. It's only been happening the last 10 years, essentially, where tech CEOs go, you know what? I'm the founder. I want to stay in control. I'm not giving away any voting rights, but I'll share the profit rights with other people. What's your opinion? Drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. I'm sure you're smarter than me. Should Zuckerberg stay or should he go? You can find me at newfocusfinancial.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and your money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Thanks for listening to the show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Some people ask me, like, why don't you do a newsletter and publish stocks that you like? First and foremost, back in the 90s, newsletters in the world of investments were, like, mailed to you. So there was one that I don't think is advertising with us right now. I'm positive they're not. But they did a lot of advertising on local business stations. And it was called the Red Chip Review. And Red Chip kind of is the opposite of Blue Chip, right? Blue Chip is an established Blue Chip company like a Nike, an Apple, a Microsoft. Um, GE used to be a Blue Chip. Now I could say that their chip kind of rotted or broke or something, right? Um, but Red Chip Review was $119 a year. And then the internet started kind of getting better. And they, oh, for $69, you can get the email version. The problem that I have with newsletters and stock newsletters and stock picks is that they age really, really poorly, really fast. I'd rather teach you how to find a company like a newsletter that talked about brands where, do you remember Visa when you were a little girl or a little boy? Um, do you remember American Express commercials as a kid? Do you remember, like, do you have any weird halftime NFL, the halftime report brought to you by Visa or the Xbox One. And you're like, whoa. If you have money, like, here's a tip for you. And I could write it in a newsletter. I could just say it on air and you could write it down. If you got the kind of money where you could buy advertising during the, for the NFL, you're pretty darn sexy. You're doing something right. Now, if you're trying to buy advertising for the Super Bowl, that makes me a little bit more nervous. I know you're saying, but that's part of the NFL. If you're like a E-Trade, E-Trade is going to sponsor the Super Bowl. It's going to be a bullet shot. And they're going to get the most eyeballs, most bang for their buck. They're going to do a funny commercial. People are going to talk about it, and they're going to open accounts. In this case, it was 20 years ago of a monkey on a rocket. Think of one of those 4th of July rockets that's got the red, white, and blue streamers coming out of the back of it, and the monkey's just going higher and higher and higher like your stock portfolio will when you stop acting like a monkey and become the stock market because it's so easy to make money, any monkey can do it. That doesn't interest me. That one-shot mentality doesn't interest me. 
yes, it can get a big spike. But the people who do baseball and football and hockey and NBA year round, those are the ones that impress me. I'm sorry for saying it, but like the Chase Center, if you've got the kind of money to throw down for a stadium for 30 years, you're probably going to do okay. You probably have a brand. I'm going to start there. I'm not going to say buy it. I'm not that kind of stupid. But you get the idea. I don't really believe in newsletters as a good idea overall, in large part because if I come up with stock XYZ and I send it out to you, but I bought it first because I don't want it to run up before I bought it, isn't there already a conflict? Or am I not allowed to buy any of the stocks that I come up with my ideas on? Or isn't it a conflict that you were away for a week and I sent it out and everyone else bought it and you got home and like, ooh, I'm excited by this one. And by then I had already turned on it. Be very careful looking for stock picks. As I've always said, you can pick your nose, you can pick your friends, but you can't pick your friends' nose. You can pick your stocks, you can pick your friends, but you can't pick your friends' stocks. Most of my friends, when they hit me up for financial advice, I'm like, I don't know you. <laughs> and they're like, but we're friends. I'm like, I'd rather like take a look and see what you're doing wrong than tell you like this is the next big joy. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, rules to live by. I think that's always a good positive thing. Um, and sometimes I'll say it in an almost offensive manner. Don't live beyond your ways and means. That's a simple one, right? Um, how about this one? Make financial freedom your number one goal. When I was 18, that thought came in my head. Before I was 18, I was just playing soccer and interested in girls and pizza. School was there, but you get the idea. At 18, I was like, I don't want to work forever. And by the time I hit 25, I said, by the time I hit 35, I want to have a million plus dollars. I, I want financial freedom. I had run into enough bosses that were jerky McJerk faces, of which, for the record, right now, I've got the greatest bosses in the world. <laughs> I love them, each and every one of them. But I had this idea of financial freedom. So it became a rule of mine. I would like to live in retirement being able to do what I want to do. And what I want to do in retirement is be a great grandfather. Uh, my time will have already come and passed to be a great father. You can't father your children into their 30s and 40s. But you can be a great grandfather and take the pressure off them. Um, there was a grandfather once who would put two $5 bills in each hand. And he'd tell his kids, pick a hand, his grandkids. And they won no matter what. He'd put like full-size Snicker bars in both hands. And it was pretty obvious. This like there was no losing with this guy. And it just gave the grandkids confidence that the parents can't always do. So financial freedom to me means being a good grandparent. I know you're saying, that's a weird push, Rob. I thought it would have been something like, I want to go to all continents and see all capitals of the world and see all great walls and great bridges and great toilets. No. My final years, I don't really want to travel that much. I want to support Another financial rule that you should have until you're 40 is trying to boost your income that is tied towards your career. Then after you're 40, maybe a little bit more of that. But when you're starting to turn 50, like I had a conversation with a CFP yesterday 
about some of my strategies on income. And I'm like, okay, we can sell this winner, but let's put 20% of the profits into long-term profit generators for me, income generators. I could have said 20, I could have said 50, I could have said 75. I know where I'm at. But I like the idea of stocks and bonds that just every 90 days in retirement give me a little bit of a paycheck because I know Katie O'Debbie is not going to do that. They're going to be like, you're 90. You're yelling like this. You're, there's a younger, faster you. Maybe maybe they'll have uh, Grandpa Black in your money. I don't think so. So I want income guaranteed. And I have to do that with buying things like Nike that pays a 2% dividend yield. So if I have $100 in it, I'll get $2 in retirement. 50 stinking cents every 90 days. But that's not bad. Um, I like investing in appreciating assets. I don't buy boats. I don't go on $7,000 helicopter rides. Um, I like buying stocks. And, you know, honestly, I wear a hoodie five to seven days a week, and it's the same dang hoodie. I don't have two hoodies. I have two pairs of jeans, probably five pair of underwear, probably five to seven T-shirts, probably three business shirts, probably five. Like, I'm pretty – I'm not a spender. So I want to invest in appreciating assets. Once you buy a shirt, it just goes down in value. Once you buy a car, it goes down in value. Once you buy a boat, it goes down in value. Rarely. Unless you commit murder on it and make it the murder yacht. And you try to sell it to Scooby-Doo and all his friends. Um, Another rule that I live by is automate, 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 automate. When I was 18, I knew that I wanted to chase girls. I wanted to chase good times. I wanted to live life. I wanted to travel. And I knew if I did that, that I would get lazy and forget to send in a check to my mutual fund company or my 401k company or my, not my 401k because I didn't really have a 401k until I was 25. I didn't work at a job that like offered that benefit. I could be wrong. There's some ice cream jobs. There's some restaurant jobs, but I, I feel like there was no 401k until I was 25. But I knew that if I didn't set up with my bank account to send $166 a month, every month, to Robertson Stevens that I would forget to do it. Robertson Stevens was a mutual fund company in San Francisco, and they were some of the greatest tech investors in the 1990s and growth investors. Seligman Fund, the Paul Wick Fund. Um, I'm forgetting names now, but they're there. They were stars to me. Dan Niles. They were sexy Alex Rodriguez type of stars, but they did their, their they didn't hit home runs. But they invested in home runs. So automating made me do it consistently. $166 a month when you're 18, it's a lot of money. Because that's like how many packs of beer and how many like uh, cover bands. Like, I don't know. Cover charges, cover bands. I'm making my 18 sound a lot more interesting. Like I was going out to shows and dancing with pretty women than they actually were. But $166 a month is $2,000 a year. $2,000 a year times five years is $10,000. $10,000 when you're 25 becomes $20,000 by the time you're 32. It becomes $40,000 by the time you're 40. It becomes $80,000 $80, by the time you're 50. It becomes $160,000 by the time you're 60. Um, yeah, there's going to be some hiccups in there, but that one-time five-year run of $166 a month automated for five years once a month somehow turns into $160,000. That's beautiful. 
10,000 into 160,000. Do you see why automate, automate, automate works? Next up is know where your money's going. I recently signed up for Instagram. It ain't cheap, but the idea of getting groceries delivered to me for the next year, I'm going to have a busy year. I got some things planned that I'm not allowed to talk about. I got some business. If I can cut going to the grocery store two hours a week, I look at my time as $200 an hour, but this is a $99 subscription. Oh, let's hope when I want to go back to grocery stores <laughs> that I don't forget that I've got a $99 subscription, right? Because I ain't paying extra for a bag of jerky or coffees or lunches. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me at newfocusfinancial.com. Don't be shy. Let's talk. I'm Rob Black. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Should I say something cheesy like congratulations, graduates of 2020? A year of an optometrist dream of clarity is filled with a year of no clarity on Wall Street, and yet Wall Street continues to move higher. Wow. As I look at the markets, we're almost an hour into the show. The show starts 30 minutes typically after the market opens. We've gotten stronger. Conventional wisdom in my head, watching the news last night, watching the president say he's a law and order president, and I was like, uh-oh. Civil unrest doesn't really like law and order. They don't. It's kind of like oil and water together. I was like, this is going to be bad. Markets don't react that way. Markets are higher. Uh, not all stocks, not all markets, for sure. But the S&P 500, the Dow, and the NASDAQ all opened in the green. Now, the NASDAQ is um, struggling a bit, whereas the Dow and the S&P 500 are moving higher. Maybe a little uh, sector rotation going on, which is fine. Gold moves higher on political unrest. Sales of guns move higher on political unrest. Um, markets are volatile. Commercial real estate is something that we've been talking a lot about behind the scenes. Chad and I are trying to figure out like some areas to invest and or not invest in. And this is not investing advice because you always need to consult a broker advisor for taking action on any stocks ever mentioned on the show. But there's a lot of questions of what do schools look like? Do we need more office space or less office space? Um, and conventional wisdom may not be what you think of, hey, people are working from home, therefore we need less. The coronavirus pandemic has forced offices and retailers to shift operations online. That should certainly equal invest in bandwidth companies, switchers, routers, modems, um, Bluetooth, 5G, 6G, anything we could throw at, like things that allow us to communicate faster. Broad brush sentiment. Um, thinking about commercial real estate right now is, you know, sheltering in place. We've seen the idea that demand for apartments and condos have remained stable. People still want a place to live, but more people want multifamily homes. We are upping our game and wanting more space. So on the home front, we want more space. The question is on the commercial front. Um, commercial real estate's been pretty resilient. 
one of the problems that I have is most of the commercial real estate I see in my life is in the Bay Area. When I get to Raleigh, North Carolina, or Alexandria, Virginia, or um, Hoboken, New Jersey, I do take a look at the commercial real estate to see how it's held up. I've got a neighbor who, he knows fence prices. He's like, well, last time I did fence, it was about, oh, good God, and it does 18 cubic square feet, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, it's probably up to 36 by now because it's been 20 years, so it's probably looking at like a $70,000 fence kind of thing. Like, he could do all that in his head. I don't remember fence pricing. I remember commercial real estate for some reason much better because probably that's the world I work in. But properties that house hospitality or retail are going to be a, a big story. Um, there's going to be some opportunistic investment situations. Some of these asset classes are going to be massive underperformers. Commercial real estate properties had a 2.29% delinquency rate on mortgage loans in April. That was up from 2.07 to 2.229. It's not crazy, but it is the largest jump in three years. Again, I don't know that market terribly well. You're telling me 25 basis points could be the largest jump in three years? Yeah. With the country under lockdown, traveling virtually ceased... Hotel demand down 42% in April compared to last year. Some 2.7% of hotels and motels are defaulting on their loans. That's up to 1.5% in March. Highest jump in delinquencies in over three years. Again, some areas are going to get hit hard, and some areas are going to come roaring back. Um, the areas that are taking the biggest hits are areas that are vacation spots. Atlantic City, New Jersey, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, Las Vegas, Nevada, Fort Walton Beach, Florida, Wilmington, North Carolina. So if I've gotten too nitty-gritty for you and not you haven't walked out with a definitive feeling on commercial real estate, it probably tells me that you shouldn't be buying commercial real estate. Um, it just won't make obvious sense. Will cubicles go now extend to the roof post-COVID? Maybe. I don't think so. Um, it's a very resilient market, but it does need some pauses after 10 up years. Pauses refresh. They don't kill. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we could talk about money, investing, and more. I talked a little bit about some virtual events being canceled. And I talked about Electronic Arts sending out a messaging that they stand by the African-American black community of friends, colleagues, and partners. Um, Nike's posted messages like that. I think I saw every NBA player last night at, at protest on the news. It was almost like the NBA and the NFL said, go on, get out there, be seen by your community and, and protest and, and say positive messages in about how we're, we stand by you. Doesn't that seem like there was a quarterback who got like fired a couple of years ago for taking the knee? Wow, things do change, right? Demon known versus demon unknown. This isn't our first political unrest. A police officer took a knee at a crowd yesterday, and the crowd cheered him. A quarterback takes a knee at a football game, and the owners blacklist him. I think he's been blacklisted. You may agree, you may not, but... 
two of his four seasons in the NFL, he was at the Super Bowl. The other one, he was at the game before the Super Bowl. That's not bad. And again, I warned you, don't listen to my football prowess. <laughs> so I could be wrong on that. Anyhow, anyway, stay calm, people. Um, I'm here to guide you. Markets are okay. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com.